You're listening to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. On this show, we talk to people around the world who are turning Lego, action figures, miniatures, custom creations, and more into amazing works of art. My name is James Garcia, and I'm actually only doing the intro this week. Christina and Shelley have put together a great new series of monthly podcast interviews with some amazing artists in our community. As you know, Christina is great at asking the tough questions, so expect a lot of that here as she really dives into the creative process. I have to admit, I'm a bit jealous that she spoke to her first guest, Tobias Scheel. He's someone whose work I've admired for a long time. You probably know him from his six image narratives on the blog, often showcasing miniature figures and noir settings. In this talk, they focus a lot on two of them in particular. Gregor S. from July 2017, and Nemesis from February 2018. To follow along, you can find the links to those in the show notes and on the blog at toyphotographers.com. But enough from me, let's get on with the interview. Here is Christina and Tobias Scheel. This is the official podcast of the toyphotographers.com. My name is Christina Alexanderson, and I'm going to do a series of um, interviews with photographers about the creative aspect of photography, talking about photographers, about their work. And my first guest is Tobias Shield. Is that the correct way to say your name? Well, in, in, in English it is. Hello, Christina. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you today? Oh, I, I'm I'm fine. I'm 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 a bit nervous. <laughs> well, then who isn't? <laughs> uh, in in German, how do you say it in German? It's Tobias. Tobias, like Swedish, we say Tobias as well. Yeah, I think the the two languages are not too far apart. So <laughs> no, yeah. it's almost the same. We have so much influence from the German language. Now we're going to talk about you and your photography. You are a photographer. Uh, how long have you been doing photography? It's it must be about ten years now, but I I actually got a, a little camera as a boy when I was fourteen years old, and I was very motivated then. But then I, I uh, put it aside for a while, and then i met my wife who and she she really likes photography and so i picked up the camera again and tried what i could do i started with um black and white photography on film actually tried to yeah find my way there and then after a while i finally bought a digital camera and uh figure try to figure out the things you can do with that yeah, so talking about the camera, I know we're not going to talk about the technical aspects of photography, but we need to know what kind of camera do you use and what kind of lens or what do you prefer? Is it a wide angle lens or is it a macro lens or what is it and what camera do you use? Well, to begin with, it's a Sony A6000, yeah. which I saw many toy phot photographers seem to use. And I have this um, wide-angle lens. It's a, uh, I think it's size 24 uh, millimeter lens. So that translates into 36 millimeters. And I really like that lens because, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit challenging because um, with wide-angle yeah. Uh, photos you always have to con you have a hard time controlling everything because so much gets into the picture yeah. and the other lens i use i just have all these old uh, nikon lenses from mm -hmm. the analog camera lying around there and i i got an adapter for the sony so i can also use the um 
a Nikon macro lens. It's the five mm, five uh, no fifty five millimeter uh, macro lens. It's mm. really old and, and chunky piece of glass, but it's uh, it's really handy for for most most of the uh, close up scenes. So I switch between these two lenses basically. Yeah, because I, I agree with the wide-angle lenses. You can get really close, but you have the difficulties with the the amount of stuff you get into the frames. So I'm really yeah. impressed. Yeah, you have to be really careful there. Yes. Yeah, really, and and I and the edges. I have a difficulty with the edges of the frame. I kind of can't really see them. Before I start talking about what I see, I thought you would be the one to define your photography. What kind of photographer are you and how would you define your style? It's really hard to say, actually, but I, I think I always insist I make pictures and I don't take uh, photos of, of things. So I think I'm, I'm really uh, into the end product. I, I love pictures. I, like, I love art. I um, our our apartment is full. All the wall, walls are full of pictures, and um, I really enjoy pictures. So I, I try to come up with with a picture, and then see what I can do with photography. And what I think what motivates me is just to see how far, in a way, how far you can go with photography. Before I got into um, into toy photography, I, I really tried my hand at abstract photography for for a long time and try to see what how abstract paintings would work and if you can translate these ideas into photography and if photography must always um, be realistic in a way or if you can just um, like take off reality and transcend reality and, and, and do something you're maybe you might not be expected to do in photography because most photography is used to just document what's uh, what what's been there at a given time and uh, that's that's not really what i'm interested in so i i don't know if this makes sense but it's it's the best way i can explain it yeah but i think that's interesting because you make this distinction between images and photography uh, what what is it that you don't depict the the reality is that the distinction or is it uh, the end product that is something else than just a photo that you put in your photo album is what where's where is the distinction there oh i i wasn't really aware i i, I made a, a distinction there but i think it's the latter it's uh, yeah I, I i want the picture i want the, the the thing you can put on the wall and um i also I mean, if I show a picture of me standing in front of the Acropolis, I, I always think, what's the point? Who should care? It's, uh, yeah, I've been there. That's, that's all this picture shows. But um, if I take, let's say, an abstract photo or, or a toy photo, I have the chance to, to express something that goes way beyond the stuff you see in the picture. I, I have a chance at, at, at composing the picture, at uh, playing around with light, with um, with colors, and uh, especially with toy photography, I have a, have a great chance to um, to actually create a world of my own. And and 
um, in the end arrive at a picture that has nothing to do with reality whatsoever. It's it's really not the point if this picture was taken on my desktop or somewhere in the basement and also it doesn't really matter when I when I took the picture because that's that's not what the picture is about so this is this my 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 view on on photography yeah because when I um, when I listen to you I hear you talk about it I think about Gregory Crudson Crudson is uh, He's a photographer that makes uh, these great scenes. He kind of builds scenes in reality and then he puts stat statistics in them and, and they, he makes really huge movie settings and he plays with light. He makes it in reality. And you do that. You do the same, but your image is, is more in a noir style and more, really cinema. You're cinematic. You're really close to Crookson, but even though you do it in the f style of the 50s or the movies from the 50s, would you, would you, do you, do you recognize this description? Do you feel f friendly with it? Or is it just me pretending that I have this great insight about your work? No, I think I uh, I really like noir, and I, I like some noir movies. And I'm, when I prepared for this interview, I really wondered how what what made me do this. And uh, I think I've always had a how do I say it a soft spot for light. And I would just when I go on a walk, I would just walk around, and something would just catch my eye. And most of the time, it's some special light and then i um yeah how did i get into the noir i i once at one point i bought these figures and i looked at one of them and i said well you look like you really look like sam spade or like what i expect sam spade to look like and so i might make something build something around that around this um he's he's a classic detective he's the hero of the maltese falcon yeah. which is also a movie but it's also it's also a book and uh, mm, i actually when i was still at university i did something i, I researched um, detective stories so sam, sam spade was really the first guy to come to mind <laughs> and I, i thought yeah j let's play around with that and then i i just liked what i saw and I, that i kind of dug myself deeper and deeper into this noir world and um but i i wouldn't say there's there's a direct influence it's just the the way they light things and the way they they i have the impression that that in noir especially in noir movies they always pick uh expression over realism so yeah. when in doubt you you just um have your really wild uh lighting and and don't really care about um if this is in any way realistic so it's it's all about the drama and i i think i like that i also especially when doing black and white photos i, I really like stark contrast so i i want something black in there and at best there should be something white in there as well mm -hmm. so i yeah so this yeah you this can see that <laughs> you can see that so clearly in your images uh, the 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 expression that the, the expression takes over you're really close to almost the expressionists uh, 
uh, in the in the world of painting that is just it's before it's before the first world war they had this expressionist uh, community in writing and in paintings and they, i think that that follows up in the noir series the, the really dark dark scenes and the dark figures and the back, black and white. I really love your black and white. <laughs> I love your <laughs> black you. and white white work. And I love the noir stuff because it makes me think about my childhood looking at TV, seeing all these noir films from Hitchcock and the French era. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> you, working with this not the reality or just creating your own reality focusing on the expression do you think it's hard to to connect with a viewer do you do you find it do you, do you think you're because i think your images really works it's like a punch in the belly is that the, the reaction you get from people um yeah maybe i'm, I'm not so sure there, there are, i think there are many people out there who just uh look at me funny when I say, well, I, I, I actually photograph toys. And um, also when I show them the figure, the, the photos, they might not really, really dig it or understand what's happening. But there are a lot of people who I think really appreciate these photos. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy you, you, you say they are some, sometimes they are a real punch because that's uh, definitely something I, I, I try to to achieve here. I, I mean, I go for, I try to create something beautiful. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm very reluctant, reluctant to, to present uh, pictures that are really gory or something like that. But um, yeah, if you say they're, they're like a punch, they're, they're electrifying. That's definitely <laughs> something I, I, I really enjoy and really like. Yeah, because, because one aspect that I really makes me drawn to your work is that it isn't in the main focus of the the photography I see because it's something else and I, I think it's really beautiful and I think the figures are beautiful I love the lighting or the lack of lighting because thinking about your work um, and when I do it, I always kind of put myself and my own work in 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 prospect to, towards it. I have to reflect upon it. And your way of working with light so, is so different compared to mine. I'm really working in the light areas, high key, and you work with these dark shadows. How did you how did you actually mold out this kind of aesthetic that is so noiry and so you in the toy photography community well one one thing i, I just um i had a chuckle about um we we exchanged emails before doing this interview and in, yeah. in one of your mails you wrote um how how do you uh, something like how do you have the guts to withdraw all the lights from yeah. from, from your photos <laughs> and i i was uh, I was really smiling at that because I, I thought, well, isn't it, a, isn't it the opposite? 
I, I always have the feeling I, I bring light into the darkness. So I start, <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. I don't start with a white, white piece of paper, but I start with a, a, like start a, with in a dark room and I shine some light, which also, of course, makes sense for, for detectives because when they investigate, they shine their lights everywhere, yeah. even where it's uncomfortable and where people don't want to want them to, to look and stuff. So. It, I think it, it makes sense in that way, but that's something uh, secondary. And the thing is, yeah, I, I as I said, I, I always like the, the blacks and the black and white photography. And um, even working on film, I would go, always try to, I, I tried to apply Ansel Adams' um, zone system. Ansel Adams was a photographer in the 1930s he photographed um, mainly photographed American landscapes and mm. he he had a very sophisticated system to make sure that the uh, his black and white photos um, turned out really well and you yeah. you can learn a lot reading his stuff it's uh, I think it's overly complicated but if you adapt it adapt it to your own photography and simplify it it works quite well so I would always make sure something falls into the very dark part so it's it's like about three stops underexposed and something um, falls into the bright part so it's three stops overexposed and um, yeah, I, I still have that with the black and especially with the black and white photography, and then I uh, drowning things in shadow and in in the black parts is a, for mm. me is a way to to cut away all the stuff that's irrelevant. So it's it's basically just the the picture plane, and maybe you'll see a little bit of of wall structure or something there, but it, that's really not important. And I start, I, it's my way lighting that wildly is my way of uh, focusing on the scene. Yeah, and how do I do it? I, uh, how do yeah. you do it? I, <laughs> I realize I start with a bright room in a really light room and you start in the darkness. <laughs> I, start in, I start in darkness, right? And I, I'm, especially with, with urban night scenes, let's, let's focus on that because the, that's maybe the easiest to describe. So it's, it's a setting in the city and, and I went uh, and it's night and I asked myself where would in real life where would the light come from it would come yeah. from windows yeah. and uh, yeah also in, in real life and especially in winter I, I always like that I walk yeah. walk around the city and uh, especially in the suburbs you see these yeah. lit windows and they seem yeah. to float in the air because you can see anything around them and that always fascinated me so so that goes into these photos as well and uh, yeah i start out with something that that's close to reality so you have yeah. lights coming from cars from windows from from maybe from from ads and and traffic lights and stuff and of course um, if it's a street it's lit from above so i i just set this up with with uh i have these real tiny uh, led lights and they you can kind of snuggle them in everywhere you knew you need them or i'll just uh, build something to um, to support them when the light comes from above yeah, yeah then i i that's once i've set up everything that's when i switch on my camera and the one advantage of the um alpha 6000 is that you 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 can use any phone or a tablet as a remote so i um, because i have long exposures i always use the um 
the iPad as my remote. And I have a I have a preview of the picture, a rather large preview of the picture on the iPad, and then I can see if the the picture turns out with realistic lighting turns out anything like I, I imagined. And most of the time, it's just it, in the first step, it just looks like uh, some plastic people put into some <laughs> cardboard <laughs> environment. It's and it's like nothing and. I, that's not, so so I, I think that's that's not a kind of photo that would excite me in any way. And then I start moving around the lights actually. So it's it's a very uh, dynamic process. People always so it's the light <laughs> that really makes the work come to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people always ask me about the light and I can't really say what I do because it's so it's it, once I get into it it's such a dynamic process. It's just uh, like turning these lamps uh, to the right or to the left just a notch and uh, then you have a different picture and also these um, these tiny figures they sometimes um, they have for example they have many of them have faces that look like a, a truck drove over them so I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to show that and I there's nothing I can fix in post-production so um, I have to kind of yeah play with light so so um, to show the best of these figures <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i have i have several reflections i have to maybe ask about we'll start with the faces uh, and then i'll ask the second one the faces because I've, i i have from my point of view i have these really obstacle and really difficulty with these toys that we use we connect one another with as a subject for our photography I hate the faces on all toys <laughs> almost every toy <laughs> I, and I'm thinking about your work I don't think I really look at the faces because I see the scenes and I see the lights and how do you do you, because you brought the faces up to the surface <laughs> so 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 I'm thinking about it do you actually ever show the faces i haven't thought about it i haven't thought about faces in your work <laughs> i do I, I just have a um a new series i'm i'm working on and the um the toy photographers blog they were so kind as to schedule the first part of the, of a new noir series for for next wednesday and mm -hmm. in that i show i i was very lucky and i got two packs of of miniature figures they have some kind of of face and i think you can do a lot with light so you 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 light it uh you light the faces so maybe you only see half the face or maybe you only see a chin or or mm -hmm. an eyebrow or something and i i really try to work with that and also I think that's the the most work I do in Photoshop. Uh, after I, I I decided I I basically like the photo is that I try to um, to uh, yeah to retouch all the the falls. So sometimes they are they are painted sloppily. Sometimes they're they have like dents in their in their cheeks or or where the mouth should be and I try I, I kind of try to very carefully and, and yeah try to fix that 
Yeah, because thinking about the faces, we oh, actually I have to tell everybody about that, about that as well. Because when we connected through email and and we and you said, you know, maybe I should send you a photo so you know how I look, and I realised I wasn't really interested how you looked because for <laughs> okay. me, you all you have this. I, I'm, I'm honest. Uh, you have I have this idea. And you are, for me, the photography or the photographer, your images kind of give me an image of who you are as a person and how you look, actually your face, <laughs> isn't the main cause in that. And thinking about it, it kind of connected to your work. Do you agree that the need, because your avatar on most uh, social media isn't a face, it's a... Uh, uh, kind of a shoulder <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's actually me and it's a part of me and i had i was wearing this uh, striped uh, scarf and i was standing in front of a uh, picture by Gerhard richter who's, who's one of my favorite artists at the moment and uh, yeah I, I just thought it was funny and then i i kind of liked the picture and i kind of like the idea of uh, showing myself and not showing myself and putting something in there I, I really like. So yeah, that's my avatar. <laughs> yeah, because you have also chosen not to actually show your face on mm -hmm. social media, on internet. And that kind of says something also about your photography because faces, or at least not from what I've seen or what I look at your work, it isn't the faces, it isn't how you don't portray, portray uh, feelings through the faces of your figures you kind of do it through the scenes through the light and through the lack of light yeah maybe and also also i think um something i really like about these uh i may say the brand right the, these are prizer figures i'm using and yeah. what's really what i really like about them is they is their movements they they are always doing something and, yeah. and, and their posture and the way they walk, they the way they stand and point at things and stuff. And there's this, I think there's so much potential in their body language that I don't really need the faces. And, and you can even with, uh, yeah, quote unquote, neutral figures who are, who are just passers by, if you position them correctly, you, you can even depict a little, little uh, conflicts or yeah, whatever emotion, I think. And, and that's, yeah, I, I really like that. And I think that's so interesting with your work because you really poses the figures towards one another that they kind of talk to talk to one another even though they don't talk or even though they don't say anything or they don't portray any feelings. I kind of feel the the agonization between them, the anger, the the crime or the 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 threat or whatever. And, and it's all sub, subtle. It isn't in the face. I don't have to look at the person and, and know if they're happy or sad. And I love that because most pop culture in, in our time is about really portraying straight up, you know, this is a happy person, this is a sad person. And uh, we have that, we don't have the, we don't trust the viewer and you really trust the viewer to, to make a connection to the work. And that I think that's I think that's so impressive and brave. Um, 
But how do you on, see on, it? On the other hand, don't you, don't you think it's it makes pictures more interesting if you don't spell everything out? That's that's yeah. what I always think. I I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm always coming from the kind of picture I want to see and uh, the kind of picture I, I would have to to would like to have to on my wall here and look at every day. And um, if it spells everything out, it gets boring after a short time. And but if if you still leave some mystery and something to to be deciphered by the viewer, it's it makes it. I think it makes it so much more interesting. Me too, but but in the social media, my my critique always is from the point of view of the social media and how we kind of how we kind of share our work because mm -hmm. when we share right. it online, it's kind of people want it to be easy. They want people kind of like the work that is really easy to read easy to connect with it isn't hard and you make it hard you make the scenes dark and difficult it's about crime it's about missing people being in difficult situations and that isn't what we really i think it's i think it's brave i think it's really brave <laughs> When everything is about virality, uh, getting likes, you kind of go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, it might sound funny, but um, of course, I'm, I'm really totally happy um, there to, no, to know there are people out there who, who like the, the pictures I make and who, who um, whom I can reach, like you say, whom I can punch with these pictures. But um, I almost never think of the audience when I when I make the pictures. I, I, I think of, yeah, maybe this would be a good idea for a six image narrative. And I hope the guys at the at the blog, they they like it and they they will publish it. But um, yeah, I, I came to you know that in Germany there's this um, uh, online platform. It's called uh, Photo Community, and and people are, mm. I find people are very harsh with with uh, one another there, and they they would really be very critical of pictures. And um, I was part of that for 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 a while. Yeah. And then I thought, well, do I really need this or do I just want to make the photos I want to make and what, uh, want to make the pictures I want to see? And that was like a turning point. And then I, I, I kind of started to care less. Of course, if, if now, if everybody told me your pictures suck, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be too happy. But um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's hard enough to make the pictures come out the way you expect them to and you, to 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 make something you really want to see and something you can really like and live with yeah and i always have some of my own pictures on the walls here so if i get like bored after a while or i think what was i thinking when i made this picture is something <laughs> something went wrong so i'm interested in that force because because why do you if you have that you you want to I, I i i recognize it and i really connect with that idea but i have the difficulty that when i do an image that i really love and i want people to connect with it and people don't respond on it they don't like it because that's a confirmation i can get when i share it and then i i have 
decided to share less and less. How do you actually, why do you share your work? Why do you need an audience? Or don't you need an audience? I I once, uh, I think I I once read an interview with a jazz musician and um, he said something I, I thought was very wise. He said, when, when, as soon as you start making any kind of art, you, you want an audience and you, yeah. you need an audience and you need the feedback and everything. And he was, uh, he was right about that, but I, I wouldn't want the, the expected, um, reactions. I wouldn't want to have them dictate what I do in my pictures. So it's, it's, I, I put it out there. I mean, I don't know if, if what I'm, I'm doing is really art or something else, but let's say, let's pretend it's art. And, um, when, when you enter this stage where people make art and look at art, you, you just, yeah, you put your stuff out there and you put it up to discussion and you, it's kind of saying, yeah, like it or not, here's where I stand. Here's what I do. Here's how, how I see the world. And yeah, you, you take it or leave it. I mean, for, I, I reserve the right to do so for myself. I, I walk into a museum. I dislike, I don't know, 20 pictures. I love 20 pictures and, and I'm free. I feel totally free to do so. And, um, it's, I can't expect to, um, a, for a picture to connect to just everybody. Yeah. But- and I don't, I don't expect that. And either it talks to you or it doesn't. And it's, if it doesn't, it's not a problem. Try something else. And maybe you like my next picture or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I think that's a great way to to uh, see it. I, I'll, I'll adopt that. I'll really try to adopt that. <laughs> uh, I have a, another question about the selection. When you do this work, you told us you you kind of start by by moving lights and kind of seeing how the scene changes by by moving the lights around how do you actually make the final selection how do you decide if a image is i'll go for this one or i'll go for that one how do you where how do you really find the fingers bits gefühl how where is it <laughs> yeah i try i just try try to fathom fathom out if i if i uh if i like the picture of or if it if i get the feeling it leaves something to be desired and i'm not satisfied with it and i i spend quite some time with even during the process of um, picking the right one i often spend about a week just considering the the pros and cons of the pictures i mean we're, we're not talking about technical mistakes like the focus is not where it's supposed to be or the lights are or something but the more emotional aspect here so yeah i, I just uh, try to to figure out how i feel about the picture and if i think it leaves something to be desired i i really get into analyzing the picture and think about what i could have done differently to make it even better and um, sometimes sometimes it takes me about um a hundred clicks to to Mm -hmm. make the picture i want sometimes (laughs) i just set up and uh, 
I take the picture and there it is. It's it's um, yeah. Uh, but it's it's a gut feeling, really. I I would say it's it's yeah. Do I feel satisfied or do I think mm, yeah, nice? It's it's what I plan to do, but does it really get to me? Do you print them when you do this evaluation process? Do you print your work and look at at them as printed version, or do you just have them in a file on the computer and go back to them? I that's a good point. I think I should print them because they look differently again when they're when I have the prints. But I, I use the I just use a file and and uh, the computer. And that can, of course, be deceiving because they, they, on the computer um, monitor, they, they are lit from behind. And once you print them, they, they get the, the light that just reflects off them. So yeah. uh, they will always look a little differently in, in print. And of course, I try to, to consider that when I, when I choose a picture, because I tend to actually make them too dark, so they wouldn't really look like anything in printing so I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you do them too dark and i do mine too light <laughs> uh, uh, preparing for this interview I, I looked through your work and i looked at through your blog uh, your blog post on the toy photographers um, uh, toyphotographers.com uh, web page and i looked at your web page and i kind of find that you and I have, I, I thought, I pretended, or I, I imagined that we had the same uh, love for for Kafka. <laughs> oh, cool! That's cool. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I actually love Kafka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I found this series on the Toy Photographer's blog uh, about uh, Gregor Samsa, I really thought, oh. He is truly a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> tell me about tell me about your your connection to Kafka. <laughs> Kafka is a writer, early nineteen twenty, I think, from yeah. Czechoslovakia. Uh, yeah, tell right, me about yeah. your relationship yeah. to, to to Kafka because you have to have one, otherwise you wouldn't do a, a series of images about Gregor. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is, I never uh, read the Metamorphosis. I, I didn't ever get past the first couple of paragraphs because I I thought it was yeah too dark. But basically, I really like Kafka. Um, yeah, I my background is in German literature, so. Um, I ah, pay yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, that's another connection. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, uh, I really love his language, and I really like the way he can evoke um, little scenes and and yeah. uh, make you feel how how the people in in these little scenes he describes how they interact or don't interact and how um maybe somebody questioning you puts you in mm. a very awkward and uncomfortable mm. position and uh he he he's a master of uh showing that just with means of language and i i really admire that his writing is so to the point that's something i i, I love in kafka and actually um it's in german it's das schloss it's one of my favorite yeah. novels i mm. i mean with kafka it's really hard to sum up the the action because there's 
There are no action. More often than than not, yeah, more often than not, there's no no action or not much action. So it's the, the thrust just about the guy waiting to to be allowed into the schloss means the, uh, the castle and he's waiting to to be allowed into the castle and it's it's basically about this this guy suffering there and but it's yeah it's it's uh, done in a spectacular way and as i said his his mastery of the german language is just fantastic yeah, because I can see such a great connection through the work he does. He do, he doesn't, or usually doesn't name his figures. Um, they are named K or Mister K or Gregor Gregor Samsa is full name, but but usually they don't have a really name, and they kind of kind of every body and an ordinary person just caught in this um, scene of. Um, never-ending absurdity nothing really happens and they can't you kind of feel bad all the time <laughs> i'm not going to say that i do feel that when i look at your images but i can see a kafkaesque yeah that, kind of now that we talk about that yeah when i said yeah he, he puts um people in situations and shows how they feel in these uh, settings and situations and wh while they're being questioned i thought yeah tobias that's what you're doing all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't realize uh, at first that yeah you are you're really doing that and you're kind of making then an anonymity kind of or you could be me standing there in this scene and i don't really want to be there but i can't get out of it <laughs> but now yeah now you you could think i'm a very pessimistic and dark person but but i'm really not and i think what i i also when when i prepared for this interview i, I thought yeah why why do you feel so attracted to uh, yeah, Kafka and Bernhard and all these dark movies and you like dystopias and what is it about you? And I think um, what I really enjoy is uh, in all this darkness and all this dreariness to see the little sparks of hope and love and uh, how humans then make friends and, and try to help each other. And yeah, because I'm... <laughs> I always suspect I'm a I, I'm a romantic at heart. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it really shows in my pictures, but I think there's always um, in connecting and in uh, forming alliances. There's always uh, yeah, there's also hope there. I see hope there. I see I see I see a lot of beauty in the work, in the way you kind of let the people the persons. I, for me, it isn't toys it's persons it's people it's really it's really movie scenes uh, or scenes from reality i can really it's it's like reading literature actually to look at your images i i, I also love the, the series you did about nemesis about and just naming it nemesis kind of says something about the work what's how do you do that then how do you really decide what a series would be called yeah well in that case i, I just thought um it's about this guy here well, that was my idea. I don't know if, if, if I really managed to show that, but the idea was this, this guy, he gets arrested and he gets interrogated and then he gets, but he gets out of police custody and then he has an accident and it looks like, yeah, 
greater revenge for for whatever he might have done and uh so i i just thought of uh, another word to to name it and i i came up with uh with nemesis and well the the story continues and then you see it's not really or or i i tried to show it wasn't really an accident because the the perpetrators the really bad guys were there when he had this accident and so it's a little ironic too and yeah about the titles i don't know i i, I tried to find something that um describes what's going on in a way but also sounds cool or sounds in in tune with the atmosphere and the pictures so um so when I do these uh, noir series, I, I always try to find a, a caption that, that sounds like, yeah, Philip Marlowe could could have said it. So <laughs> <laughs> you should go for Franz Kafka who could have written it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, but and sometimes I I, I really um, I, I discuss this stuff with my wife a lot, and she she's a great help. But she's also also somebody who pushes me. Um, to to try some pictures again and again and she says yeah i kind of like it but you've done better before and couldn't you <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> yeah but about the titles about the captions about the texts i'm i don't know it's uh yeah i, I poke around until i think that sits right with pictures and and resounds with the topic and um I kind of like it. Yeah, I like to, of course, I, I like to play with language, but that's something I do every day. So uh, photography is really my my outlet for, for other things. How much time do your photography take? It's hard to say. It's sometimes I, I didn't uh, quote unquote work this week on my photography, but sometimes it's the whole weekend. Um, if we don't have any other plans, so I, I could just um, vanish into the studio and well, <laughs> chain myself to the desk and and uh, build the 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 setups, the sets, the scenes. And because I, I do all the build, I try to do all the buildings myself. Um, and then, uh, yeah, photography itself it takes yeah it takes a while. Depending on on how fast I, I get to the picture I, I want to want to get, but I, I would say I spend about I don't know around about twenty hours a week. I don't know I, I don't really know because when I, once I get to to uh, do something there, time flies. <laughs> Uh, to end this conversation, I have to ask about because I am in a really low low flow myself. I always feel like that when I've done this project, and I'm really pleased with the result. I have the difficulty to to think and believe that I will find new inspiration. How do you find new projects? Where do you find the ideas to to do new ideas? Is it to recreate different? Where do you find the ideas? Oh, I, I uh, <laughs> give an answer. I always hate it when other when writers say that, but I I actually find ideas everywhere. Like kind of 
yeah, I, I can't say they jump at me, but sometimes it feels like that. So I, I read novels and I imagine uh, I imagine what I, the situations I read about, and uh, sometimes that goes into photos. And I I love graphic novels, so that can be inspiring too. I uh, I commute to work, so I look out of the window of the train and I see something, and I think, yeah, couldn't that go into my miniature world so a lot of stuff comes from from just looking around uh in in every everyday light uh, life and yeah and then I, I sometimes i have pictures i think i could do something mm -hmm. like that maybe something by van ray by by crudson mm -hmm. by whomever even abstract art and i i could try to yeah, do something with that. And then about the stories, I'm, often I, I just try something, try a different kind of lighting. And then I like the photo and I like the photo so much, I think, yeah, maybe I could build a story <laughs> around that and just kind of uh, extend it. So it's uh, six, six images or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you can start with one image and then you build the stories around that image? Sometimes I do, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I don't see myself, I, I do series all the time, but I usually do. I kind of mold the same image over and over again until like, I find the right scene or the right situation or the right person or whatever. And I think... I think it's. I'm so impressed with your way of kind of doing series that that of the images connecting to one another. I always see my images as like solo pieces. <laughs> yeah, the, the the challenge for me is to I I I would like to like them to work or to function as solo pictures as well. So it's always the. Um, but they do. They do. <laughs> Yeah, that's also always a challenge to make them work in a context and also as solo pictures. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the way you connect them usually, when, when I look at your series, I, I think you connect them so well through the lighting, kind of working with the same set of lights or the same way you portray the light. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Yeah. That's my my point of view, anyway. So, so Tobias, is there something else you want me to ask about? Something else you want us to know about your photography? Is something we missed? Uh, there, there was maybe one point um, we we talked about it a little because um, people often ask where where do you find inspiration? I I would say people just go out there, look at pictures, go to a museum, look at abstract paintings as well they can uh, i mean if you see something you like that could go could even go into toy photography this this i um i think i mentioned him before we started this interview this eduardo chilida and he yes. makes um abstract works very, uh, depicting nothing so it's, it's just compositions but he has a lot of uh, pictures that seem to be built from the from the edges of the pictures towards the middle. And Christina, maybe you remember the these, uh, <laughs> this this diptych. I, I I 
sent to yeah. you with a uh, yeah, with a dancing yeah, 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 with yeah. a dancing yeah, figure. I, I remember just said, that. Depiction. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing in the middle. Is what you said. You can't do that. You usually don't do that. Yeah, but that's something I learned from Chidita. Yes, you can. And yeah, you um, can. I think um, even abstract painting is an encouragement to to try stuff and to to dare doing things you usually don't do. So I I, I always have a great time in museums even if i don't really like the art but but it's, there's always something to see there and something inspiring there and i will always feel like my brain's been massaged when i walk around there <laughs> so yeah if, if if you feel you're stuck with something maybe you want you just want to go to and visit your next museum and look around what's there and if there's not, not something that inspires you yeah and and i think people should look at your work because it's brave it's bold it's uh, it's in the you work in the edges you work in a, an arena usually where we don't see you kind of use the scene to tell the story and to talk to me even if you use figures like catwoman like you did in that diptych uh, it isn't about Catwoman. It's something else. It's uh, a, a story. The story is in the center of, of your work. And I think people should look at that and really try to get inspiration of putting the story in the forehand. And I love the way you work with the small settings and kind of using the toys as a tool to depict something else, a feeling or a, a story or connecting to the viewer well thank you <laughs> <laughs> so, so on that note <laughs> i would say everybody who is, has difficulty finding inspiration looked at look at tobias work and really look it through and find and depict things that sticks out and that you don't like and try to figure out why you don't like it and what you like and try to work around that because I think there is great inspiration. I want to say thank you, Tobias, for being my guest. <laughs> and thank you. This was really my first interview I'm, I'm, where I'm not asking the questions and it was really fun. Uh, no need to be so exciting, so excited in the beginning. So it, it was, I had a great time. Thank you, Christina. It's me too. I'm, 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 I'm so blessed you said yes to be my guest. <laughs> yeah, let's do it again at some time. <laughs> yeah, we have to do it again. I was super nervous and this was really super fun. Um, I want to say thank you to the Toy Photographers blog, toyphotographers.com for hosting this podcast. And I'll be back with a new guest and probably be back with Tobias as my guest again, <laughs> because I think we can dive even deeper into this inspiration and the way he works to actually get ideas how we can evolve our own photography. And if people want to find you online, Tobias, where can they find you? Oh, it's, um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a regular in the, in the Toy Photographer's blog and they can find me on uh, empireoflights.com. That's my blog. It's well, it's named after that uh, picture by René Magritte. Um, yeah. Empireoflights.com, and there's also the the homepage with which is dedicated to uh, Thai photography only. That's 
TM Shield in just one word, so I'll just spell it. So it's tmschiel.com, and that's where I show my toy photography. And you have all the noir stories in a with a very noir background. And yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would be really happy if you enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, I'll put all the links in the episode's show notes so you can find all Tobias' work. Thank you for listening. I'll be back. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review. That will help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers, on Twitter at Toy Photo Blog, and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. But if you really want to connect with us, check out our MeWe community. You can find the link to it in the show notes for this episode and on the blog. This week's show is produced by Shelley Corbett and Christina Alexanderson. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org, and our podcast editor is Josh Kittleson. I'm James Garcia. You can find me on Instagram at TheRealJames23. For everyone here at Toy Photographers, thanks for listening. See you next time.